top. Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Every penny's worth it. Welcome to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world that reviews every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm your host, John, and as ever, I'm joined with... Trent. And... Tim. Tim. And we are we are joined again this week with our returning guest, Ben. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Did you like this minute? Yes, this was a good minute. Good place to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, it starts with uh, Harry being talked down to. He's very small at the start of the frame. Yeah. He's deliberately... Missed a good seat between the chief and the lieutenant and walked to the to stand out on his own. Yeah, true. Well, it's a bit awkward. A bit awkward sitting between two people when you're trying to talk to them. And we still have those partially identified artifacts on his desk. Yeah, but we're in the same frame as uh, we've ended on the same frame as what we ended on on the previous minute. Very true. Must have been the same master shot or similar one they've returned to. We can still see John Vernon's sideboards on display <laughs> in front of his ear. And some more wood panelling that's pretty gorgeous. wonder if they had difficulties with the lights in there reflect, reflecting. There's a little bit there near the main door on the left. but A lot of police jargon in this minute. Yeah. And phrases. And when Harry assumes his, his seat, he's sort of panting, did you notice? He's sort of looking down as the mayor comes to him. I wonder if he was just waiting for things to begin. I'm here, so what, you know? I should be out there doing a lot of, attending to a lot of uh, procedural forensics and uh, patterns, search patterns. And Yeah, he's got work to do. Yeah, they're <laughs> wasting his time. Yeah. He's just he's said, sitting on his ass. He's out there right now. <laughs> yeah, it really looks like he's sort of panting when he's looking down, not this shot, but the one before. I just noticed that. And... Um, I wonder if Harry feels a little bit guilty about his, his his funny line before to the mayor if he overstepped the mark. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he'd give a shit. Yeah, I didn't get that impression. Yeah, I think he'd be proud that he said it. <laughs> he's got better things to do, Harry. <laughs> exactly. It's nice to know he's he's got he said twelve men under him. So he yeah we think he's at the bottom of the food chain, but maybe he's got a lot of um, pencil pushing, so and so's below him. Interesting how they they let John Vernon stand in the scene. Mm. Obviously, it's what indicating his power, like or seniority. He outranks them all. Yeah, he? yeah. He's got all these gold artifacts in front of him. That he's presiding over. And of course, you get to see how Harry in this minute he's always interrupted by the lieutenant. Um, and everyone in this movie, a lot of his superiors try to overtalk him. Because I suppose Lieutenant's trying to tell the mayor, don't worry, the public side of this, we've got, um, we need an announceable so you you can tell the public everything's everything's being attended to. We're looking out. Did you catch the reference to a computer? <laughs> he said he's yeah. putting something through the computer. The, Pretty big the back computer. then. <laughs> <laughs> <A computer>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes up the whole of the basement. <laughs> like, what? I thought computers started in the 80s, didn't they? I mean... <laughs> No, uh, they had them in the 60s, but they were the whole room <laughs> Those ones. big, big yeah. uh, 
things that counted or <laughs> yeah so literally the, the word bug or originates from that period yeah. isn't it literally a cockroach has like, gotten into one of the a valves a computer used to be a person You'd or like, someone who computed yeah yeah, yeah. actually that like, was a job yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That was yeah. it's your job to now be tim a computer <laughs> 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 and that's probably what we'll go back to like in the post apocalypse yeah, <laughs> <true. laughs> we'll get the iphone thing like the ipad thing and punch the glass out and just put it on somebody's face <laughs> in a hole in the wall <laughs> This is what people did in the old days. <laughs> Do you think Harry Tim is used to these types of guys? Obviously, we'll talk later. Maybe he has a big history with uh, Bresler, maybe the chief as well. He, this is commonly happens. He's interrupted all the time. Well, I get the impression that he um, he sort of doesn't do things the way that uh, standard law enforcement uh, practices would yeah. have him do. So he's sort of against the grain. And he probably gets caught up on it a bit, but he's all about justice. So it's probably, yeah, it hasn't, it's not the first time he's been. Do they, like, in the f- movies after this, because I think I've only seen Magnum Force, do they talk about his past more? Or yeah. is it still a mystery? You get to see where he lives on his own, eating that cheeseburger on his bed, and he's pretty lonely. <laughs> and there's some. But later in this movie, there's a backstory about his, his dead it, wife. Yeah, but that was only like. Like one line in the movie mm. that they don't yeah, they, they I, don't sort of elaborate more in the future. I don't think they really go yeah. that deep. <laughs> yeah, I don't seem to recall any mention of military service or anything like that. Not in the there's movies. no flashbacks. That's for no. Sure. Not the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm getting things confused with um, Death Wish when he's a Korean War. Oh, right, yeah. Ooh, which war is yours, K- is, Kessler or whatever yeah. This is what, instead of a sequel, they could make a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Scott Eastwood. <laughs> Scott Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, how do, you, how do you, John, see him stand out as opposed to other kind of vigilante characters uh, that came about? Because he seems, I mean, he's a little bit more restrained than some of the other um you know, like even like Charles Bronson in Death Wish, obviously his motivations differently. But for being called Dirty Harry, he's <laughs> not really that dirty. Like, I mean, he's not, he's still a fairly uh, conservative between the lines kind of guy mm. compared to where the sort of the genre, if you will, has gone. Yeah, true. Um, I think the word dirty usually infers like planting evidence, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, going to some real extreme. Um, or torture, perhaps. Haven't seen it yet, but maybe in future minutes. <laughs> he's a man, he's a cop that just lives, as Milius has said, for the hunt, you know. In the future, we'll see uh, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon as a backstory that he's, you know, his wife has been killed or some injustice has been done, but we're not presented with the backstories of either Harry or his antagonist Scorpio in this. They're just presented as they are, you know, the putative good and evil and whereas the future, you know, John, uh, what's his name in Die Hard? He has the, you know, he's estranged from his wife all yeah, the time or yeah. whatever. Whereas he's not, Harry's not fighting for anything else, but, you know, punishing the right evildoers. And right now he's in a meeting. He's probably thinking, why am I here? You're not going to listen to anything I've said. I also wonder um, where, like that scene in Zodiac where, uh, you know, it's the, the crowd cheering it's like how much of it at the time was just about sort of presenting this cop who does the right thing yeah, and catches yeah. the bad guy you know the cathartic feeling of like yeah 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 um but it would, it would have been interesting to watch it back in the day like how much would the audience have been laughing at you know these jokes and 
like clapping at the screen and all that. Uh, do you know what John uh, was John Milius uh, the ultimate credited writer? The- no, it's the Finkies and then um, Dean Reisner polished the script when he, he came along when Clint you said, I want Siegel to do it. Like, his contribution was... a taxi driver kind of... Yeah, we've got some delicious quotes that we'll share on the podcast later. He mentioned... Um, I'm not a big fan of... I'm not a big... I'm not very knowledgeable about Kurosawa and the Lone Gun Detectives. And Are you familiar with them, Ben? He tried to model his early versions of the script on that. Oh, uh, what, something like... Um, was it uh, Stray Dog? Mm. Um. And so in the Sinatra draft, he made Scorpio, I think, really over the top with, we'll talk about it later, fl- a flamethrower on the bus with the kids and things oh, like right. that. Oh, right, okay. Um, I really don't think he did much on the script. I'm prepared to be debated in future minutes about that, Tim. I don't know. What's Milius's reputation these the days? Right? People love him. Pretty well regarded. Yeah. I mean, he directed Big Wednesday. I mean, that's. Good enough for me. Uh, That's yeah. a brilliant oh, film. Gary Busey. Yeah, and Jan Michael Vincent. And didn't he write Conan? Yeah, yeah. Conan. That's right. Conan. Conan. Uh, directed it, I think. Or directed. Yeah. yeah. But is that viewed now as a bit of a yeah, campy fun? Right, I don't know. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> uh, summer forty two. That was pretty well um, regarded. Okay. Oh, sorry. That's off topic. <laughs> off topic in this minute. I mean, why? Why do you think they've invited Harry into this room? I mean, they don't really want to listen to him, or at least. Bresler is a bit embarrassing, as I said, keeps interrupting him because he wants to give the mayor the announceables, as they call them. You know, we want to tell you how this will look for the public, what we're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas Harry's him. like, look, I know this, I know this. I'm right. I'm trying to solve the who the killer is, identifying him, and they're just about making sure it doesn't happen again. I suppose, you know, if it's um, how the law, you know, is stopping it, especially at the end, you know, he throws his badge away that he's done with this that to have like the fir- his first interaction with these guys who he's supposed to be on the same team with is being chewed out and looked down on and like and yeah having his time wasted um so these guys to some degree these guys are being painted as the bad guys as well these are a problem for him well they don't respect him anyway also they get a bit of exposition exposition out telling you what what they're doing and they've just read that letter I suppose that's what like um, uh, Zodiac was more sort of getting at that you know that the, the bureaucracy and whatnot ended up being the enemy that the yeah. Zodiac was never caught but yeah. these people ended up fighting and fighting and fighting against yeah. the organisations that were actually yeah. you know, supposed to find him. See, the te- yeah. we missed out on the Terence Malick, Tony <laughs> 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 <Dirty> Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's more satisfying to me the type of movies I like that it's about the obsession of. Of yeah. punishing, yeah. getting the criminal, not determining who it is. Um, do you like, as you say about like Die Hard and um, uh, and Lethal Weapon? Do you see this as a plus? The fact that like his backstory is only mentioned in slight. Like with Star Wars, it was actually better when you only imagined what how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. That like yeah. to imagine how Dirty Harry became Dirty Harry is better than like having some large explanation that laid down exactly how it was and no other way. Um, no, but you still leave a little bit yeah, of mystery. I agree very much. And one good thing to say about the sequels, and they have their own charms, is that they don't really divulge too much of the backstory. Mm-hmm. So that they're quite, they just tease it out in small bits where it's appropriate. But, of course, Pauline Kael will criticise the movie on the villain side, like, we should know Scorpio's background because there's probably some sociological reason or you're just painting this as a... I never know how to pronounce this word, Ben, Manichian. About good and evil, absolute good and evil. Harry is good and, and uh, Scorpio is evil. But 
in the new trend. Well, of- I mean, it, I suppose then it's like, well, even if there was some uh, reason that humanized him, like, you know, if he was molested by the Catholic Church or something, mm. um, does that make what he's doing any less wrong? You know, and that like, should the movie play out any differently, even if there was some revealed reason why he was doing what he was doing? Mm. He still killed a bunch of innocent people. Um, mm. <laughs> to some, and he had to be stopped then and there. Critics at the time complained that Scorpio is painted as sort of like a deranged hippie killer because later on you'll see that. Yeah. But right here we see the letter. It's He's just a, a standard nut racist homophobe. He's got the Catholic priest or, or Negroes. At the moment it just seems like a not particularly a new left-wing, hit, a left-wing villain. But um, I mean, I, I didn't realise until cares quite why recently how like... He's how much Manson like changed things in America, and yeah. especially on like the, the West Coast. West Coast, yeah, big time. And like to some degree, like he brought the whole hippie flower child thing like to a fucking screeching yeah. halt. <laughs> um, and yeah, and how like people freaked out, and to some degree, quite rightly freaked out about like Jesus Christ, you know, if mm. this is the kind of thing that people who are into like you know free love and everything couldn't do, uh, then yeah. Yeah, I mean, the counterculture was kind of becoming a, a more a slightly accepted thing. In you know, you look at Easy Rider as the yeah, yeah, they, they were the sympathetic characters in yeah. this, and you know, just doing what they're doing, like and um, and you know, put upon by these evil rednecks. Yeah, um, and then and then you have like somebody like Charles Manson. It's like fucking hell. And then I guess this is around the time the serial killer became a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like that series Mindhunter. Um, and the crime in America was really exploding. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sound, you know, when I hear about the 60s and stuff, it all sounds about the hippies and, all right, you, they had Vietnam, but you don't hear about the really upswing yeah. in violence. Yeah, there, what was that, the Watts riots? Yeah, 65. 65, there was that. A Boston Strangler was another thing. But, yeah, it's a, just sort of... I mean, they, they often refer to, you know, when Kennedy was assassinated, like the, you know, that was the, the end of the innocence uh, yeah, kind of thing yeah. post-World War Two. But then it was a slow descent because, yeah, there's the riots and things like that. But, you know, this sounds like I'm trivialising that event. But it was, you know, one-off incidents that seemed to sort of scar and, and linger on the portrait today, like Manson. Did you example. ever see that documentary... Um uh, killing in America or killing yeah, of America? Yeah, the, the early eighties one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Um, yeah, I, that was that had a whole lot of. I don't remember there actually being any real uh, narration or something to it. I just remember it being like a series of kind of like news footage articles about various serial killers and things, mm. and how like you know the the sale of guns just exploded in the um, in the seventies and eighties. Do you know if this movie? Uh, helped sell 44 magnums <laughs> i think that's what uh, some of the imd comments seem to suggest yeah this is of course a lot of commentators on on the american the decay of the american urban environment say this was the sweet spot because you've had two decades almost of white flight from the cities middle class white people moving to the suburbs but yet the the sorry to be so bold but the 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 crack infested urban environments of the 80s we associate with Reagan's America hasn't yet developed, so it's a sweet yeah. spot in the urban environment oh, where yeah. there's a certain still amount of, of whites and blacks in the city together. It's a pretty weird period when you think about it because there was, yeah, you know, the, the, the end of the innocence kind of 
thing and then the hippie era. And then, you know, in the 80s, you had, yeah, the, the crack explosion across the country, mm. uh, you know, HIV, AIDS and things like that. There's big epidemics in these downtrodden areas. And I don't know. It's, yeah, it's sort of a strange little bookended period. Mm. I thought it was, um, does anyone here believe in astrology broadly? Astrology? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I have no idea about the Zodiac. When, when Athena Star Woman stopped publishing in Woman's Day, it, it, my interest <laughs> ended. Yeah. Dear Fiona. Anyway, I thought it was funny how Clint pipes up. He says, natives of Scorpio. I would just assume to say star sign. I didn't know the terminology. If you're a native of Scorpio, it meant you were oh, a star sign. Oh, if you were born within, if that was your star That's right, yeah. Right. He oh, says, okay. native. he gets to get Bresler back and he inter- interrupts him and says, natives of Scorpio. Mm. And um, which Tim, I thought I'd ask you. Do you think? Um, I think Scorpio is a really good name. That sort of obviously the zodiac links there that really lands. It's a pretty cool name. And I was just thinking, are there any other um, zodiac names that would sound cool for a killer? You've got Cancer would have been a good one. That was the first one that sprung to my mind. <laughs> and Sagittarius, of course, which I, I well, googled has the bow and arrow, so he's like a killer. There was the. Um TV series called Aquarius, wasn't it? About a yeah, serial killer. That was about I think? Nansen, oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, it had David Duchovny. In. Yeah, all right. Oh, right. I couldn't. I, I watched the first episode and couldn't get into it. Um, I think maybe because I'd read a book about Nansen yeah. before that, and it was just. So I I reluctantly did a little minor research, and apparently Scorpios are obsessed with death and manic <laughs> behaviour. And um, then I thought, why am I researching this? <laughs> It'd be really cliche, but you know, the Gemini killer. Gemini, yeah. He doesn't even know he's committing the crime. It's like five o'clock start. Jekyll and Hyde. Some of them are a bit girly, yeah. <laughs> Aries, the killer. The Pisces killer. Virgo. Yeah. Virgo killer. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's tried them all. The Libra killer. Yeah. On balance. <laughs> Well, there's not too much to add in this minute. Obviously, the mayor ends by just asking if anyone's mentioned the letter. He, I assume, he just wants to keep this. It'd still be the case today, yeah, wouldn't no, it? Keep I think this we're right always, always keep this private. This letter, yeah. Well, unless you have anything else to add, I think we'll move on to minute nine next week. Anything to add? Not yeah, anything. Well, we'll catch you next time on Dirty Harry Minute. 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 Minute, 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 minute. 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 minute